الجزيره بودكاست Can universal jurisdiction stop impunity? A human rights group has filed a lawsuit in Germany against Myanmar's military leadership. They're accused of genocide, war crimes and crimes against humanity. But can this lawsuit change the situation on the ground? I'm Laura Kyle and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyze and help define major global stories. Well, here are our guests, and in London, Christopher Gunnis, director of the Myanmar Accountability Project. Also in London, Toby Cadman, lawyer and co-founder of the Guernica Group. And joining us from a location we're not disclosing for his safety is Dr. Sasa, spokesman for the National Unity Government of Myanmar. And just a note that our team has reached out to Myanmar's junta, but we did not receive a response. So, let's get the discussion going. And Chris. This case in Germany is just one of a number that have been filed in a number of different countries. Do you support it? Because your own organization has filed a separate case in Turkey, has it not? We absolutely support it, to be very clear. And mm. we support the work of all groups like Fortify Rights, like Toby's organization, Guernica, and others who are basically closing in as best they can using all instruments possible, legal instruments, on the junta. So yes, you're right. There is a case in Argentina. There's now this case in Germany. We have a case um, in Turkey. And just uh, in the next day, I will be testifying to the Indonesian Constitutional Court about the possibility of bringing a case in Indonesia. And we are also in conversation with legal experts in the Philippines, where we think the prospect for a case, a trial, are very good. So we're hoping to do more work in 2023 in ASEAN. But to be clear, we absolutely support this case um, with Fortify Rights. We hope that the German prosecutors will open not just a structural investigation, but will move to an actual investigation. It's not clear that they will, but we absolutely join the call by 44 Rights, and I'm sure by Genica and others. The more pressure we can bring on the junta through legal work, the better. Uh, your organisation approached the chief prosecutor's office in Turkey back in March. What's happened since then? Well, I'm pleased to say that the um, chief prosecutor in Istanbul has um, accepted our file. He has sent it off to the Ministry of Justice in Ankara. They are very actively investigating. And the good thing about these investigations is the junta knows they're being scrutinised. Yes, the wheels of international law turn very slowly, but they do turn. Going back to the Eichmann trial, the Nazi um, in, in Israel, on through the work in the former Yugoslavia, which saw Karadzic, Mladic, Milosevic actually um, in The Hague and on to the Rwanda genocide. So I can understand the sort of slight cynicism perhaps behind the title of your programme, the idea that, you know, will there be accountability? We say absolutely. That is why we're all working. There will be accountability. It will take time. And in the meantime, the junta, which is clearly committing genocide, it's committing crimes against humanity, torture, macerate, the most appalling aerial bombardments of civilian targets without any due respect um, for international law that relates to the protection of civilians. All of that is being ignored. But this work serves them notice that they are being scrutinised, they're being uh, investigated. And we hope and we pray that someday they will be in court and that ultimately, as have, has happened to Yugoslav dictators and others, they will be banged up in prison, which is where they belong. Toby, two questions there initially. Do these cases 
bring about accountability, firstly? And secondly, why launch them in multiple different countries? Thank you. Um, well, look, let me just support and endorse um, everything that Chris has said, and I think it is important to um, to to adopt a, a multi-jurisdictional approach um, in cases like this. Um, and I, for one, think that uh, support the initiative in Germany. I think it, it is an important um, um, advance on ensuring accountability. Um, quite often, we look at different jurisdictions. There may be uh, victims in in those jurisdictions. There may be suspects within the sort of the, the refugee pool. And so quite often you will look at the opportunities that present themselves. Um, um, just today, we've had the, the Swiss federal prosecutor um, seeking to bring um, charges against a Gambian national in a matter um, that we were involved with um, um, over the years. And so it is, it is significant and it does have an impact when you have uh, a vacuum of accountability in the jurisdiction, in the country where the crimes were committed, you have to look elsewhere. When there are limitations on international jurisdiction, you have to look to universal jurisdiction in order to, to ensure that victims have a voice and that there is a process which is aimed at holding these individuals accountable for, for the most atrocious crimes. And, and the, the situation in Myanmar with the, the plight of the Rohingya, which have, have been subjected to, as Chris has quite rightly said, uh, a, a policy of, of, of genocide, then of course you have to look at whatever opportunities you can. And Germany has certainly shown itself in the last couple of years as to be an appropriate forum in relation to the uh, holding Syrian regime figures accountable, holding ISIS members accountable. So Germany has increasingly um, advanced as one of the countries where there is a process where accountability can be pursued. But that is happening across Europe and we shouldn't limit it just for one jurisdiction. But Toby, do these cases not risk undermining the work of the international courts, the International Criminal Court and the International Court of Justice, which also have cases and investigations into Myanmar underway? Well, the, the the whole the whole practice of the International Criminal Court is is based on a process of complementarity, um, and and so it is it is complementary to the national jurisdiction, um, and and quite often as uh, and again Chris has has quite rightly stated that the wheels of international justice and as as as, as you have said the wheels of international justice move very slowly. Mm. Um, sometimes you have to you can't just rely on international accountability. And, and if we look at the International Criminal Court in particular, it has very limited resources to, to, to dedicate to cases of this kind. It is only going to hold accountable um, the most senior um, military leaders, military and political leaders who are responsible for the genocide. And so there, there has to be a, a complementary process in order to hold those potentially slightly lower down the chain of command accountable. Um, and so, you know, just focusing and waiting for the International Criminal Court to conclude their investigations and, and bring charges um, is not a sensible strategy when you're looking at a conflict or, or a situation such as this. Dr. Sasa, let's uh, take a step in. Chris, of course. Laura, if I could just, before you bring in Dr. Sasa, who I think will be interested in what I'm about to say, um, to add and build on what Toby has said, uh, 
the British government and over and dozens of other member states referred Putin and his aggression against Ukraine to the International Criminal Court. And if the British government, the penholder at the Security Council in New York, wanted to refer the Myanmar junta, not through the Security Council, but bilaterally to the ICC, they could do it. And groups like ours, MAP and others, are pushing very hard for the British government and others to do that. They've not done it, and they've not given us a decent explanation of why they haven't done it. The uh, National Unity Government, Dr. Sasa and his excellent ministers, have made a declaration that they accept the jurisdiction of the court. Why hasn't Britain, why haven't other member states of the Rome Statute that governs the International Criminal Court, why haven't they made a reference to the court just as they had uh, for Putin? And I'm sure Dr. Sasa will have things to say about that. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Sasa, let's bring you in at this point. Why do you feel that the UK and other uh, UN member states haven't referred the junta to the International Criminal Court? I think it is a very important, uh, firstly, that we have to stop uh, this uh, genocide on going on the ground in my country, Burma. And you clearly, UK, US, EU, and other international community has this power to stop this crime against humanity. It's a crucial that the country like UK and EU and other international free world support and support the case of genocide against the military generals in Myanmar, support the Cambia case in ICJ and referee these military generals in Myanmar into ICC. And we absolutely support and cooperate fully with ICJ jurisdiction and ICC jurisdiction and also universal jurisdictions. Mm. And I think it's a very important that the world knows that we absolutely support this the case be filed against genocidal military in Myanmar in Germany uh, jurisdiction process. I think Germany is the country that can understand the pain and the suffering of the people of Myanmar, given the nature of Hitler and atrocity have committed. The same thing is happening with genocidal military generals in Myanmar. If we take a step inside Myanmar with you for just a moment, because there are a number of human rights groups and lawyers inside the country who are cooperating with the German authorities in this case. Give us a sense, give us an idea of what sort of danger they face there. I think it's a very important that the lawyer or human rights and any um, sensible uh, lawyer understand we are talking about human beings. We are talking about persons, individuals. These victims of the militaries are a mother, a father, sisters, and brothers, and they are human beings. And these military generals in Myanmar have been committing these crimes against humanity with complete impunity. They must be held accountable. And I think it's very important that we bring the maximum pressure to the military and then suction them with coordinated and targeted. And then this military, we have to know, they don't understand words. They understand action. It's a time for international community to take action 
and bring justice to the survivor mm. and these victims of genocide. Chris, what evidence is there, if any, that the generals care about these cases that are bring, being brought about them? You, you said earlier that the cases are closing in on them, but do you think they feel that? Because they're certainly still acting as if they can with impunity. There is some evidence, albeit anecdotal. Min Online, the you know the Pol Pot of mm. Myanmar, um, has issued to his army, to his staff, a directive um, about six months ago or more, um, a directive which simply said, do not cooperate with the mechanisms of international justice. So that's one, I think, very clear sign that they are aware that the work that groups like ours are doing. The other thing I have, and anecdotally, um, it's said that Min Aung Lang is frightened of two things. First of all, the Buddhist notion of karma, that he might not have a good next life. And the other is criminal accountability, being banged up um, in The Hague, um, like other dictators um, of our age. So, um, you know, there is some evidence of that. But I think the important other thing to say about this is that the confluence of international, of this legal work and public advocacy is very interesting, because um, you know, at the United Nations General Assembly, for example, which has been considering the credentials and has rejected the credentials of the junta unanimously on two occasions, it matters there that groups like Guernica, like Matt, like Fortify Rights are doing this work because mm. it plays in the into the political dynamics and ultimately what you need for successful prosecutions, yes, you need the legal process to be right, but what helps that enormously is a public environment in which accountability and justice actually matter. So the, the energy that you create around these cases actually has that effect. So it's not just a question of the junta ignoring, it actually sets an international mood if you like, that these people are isolated, they're being pursued by justice, and that has knock-on effects in all sorts of other areas. And I'm, uh, by the way, I'm not going to, to, to cede to the Council of Despair on what universal jurisdiction can do. I and others are absolutely determined that we will find justice for victims of Myanmar. It might take a long time, but the lesson of Yugoslavia, the lesson of Rwanda, is that people who commit these crimes will ultimately and can ultimately be held accountable. Chris, you led me directly on to my next question, which I was going to give to Toby. I mean, this notion of justice has come up time and time again by Dr Sasser, by Chris. Can universal justice bring victims a sense of justice in this sphere, in this sphere of universal jurisdiction? Thank you. It's a very easy question to answer. Yes, of course mm. it can. Um, and it does. Um, and it has done in a number of respects. Um, I mean, if we look at the, the Syrian cases in Germany, um, we look at what's now being done on the Gambian case in Switzerland. Um, we'll, we look at what uh, our group had done as far as the... Um, Salvadoran case um, in Spain. Um, so there is, of course, there is there is a history of um, justice being delivered to to victims. And of course, you know what what one person considers to be a just resolution is is not the same for all victims. I mean, the fact that cases are being pursued and accountability is is being pursued is significant, and that does have an impact. Whether that results in an individual ultimately uh, being convicted and sentenced by a court of law. Um, of course, that's what we will strive for, but it, it is the fact that we're not forgetting what has happened and what continues to happen 
um, in Myanmar. When we look at you know all of the conflicts around the world, now attention changes. The the, the attention span of the international community is 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 very limited, mm. um, and and it's important that we don't forget uh, what's happened. We continue to strive. So I think it's it is important for for all of the groups involved to continue to push for accountability, when the only route is presently universal jurisdiction. I mean, the thing that we have to consider, as has been stated, so the, what's happening at the International Court of Justice is not individual criminal responsibility. It's state responsibility mm -hmm. for breaching the Convention Against Genocide. What's happening at the International Criminal Court, uh, obviously, it, we want it to move quicker, but um, that is only going to, to look at, and it can only look at, um, forced deportation because of, of the fact that the the UN Security Council is deadlocked in referring any uh, uh, situation to the International Criminal Court. The only jurisdiction that they were able to, to establish was through forcible deportation from, from Myanmar into neighboring Bangladesh, which is a state party to the Rome Statute. So the, the limited jurisdiction at the International Criminal Court means that we have to turn to universal jurisdiction. And what is particularly encouraging is when you see groups working together, when you see victims working together to pursue justice wherever they can find it, okay. it is significant. Do Dr. Sasser, you fled Myanmar for your life when the military uh, launched its coup on the 1st of February in 2021. You left behind family, you left behind friends who were persecuted. What does justice look like to you? Well, it's totally important because just imagine the only crime I have been accused of committing was freedom of expression. I stand up for democracy and freedom and human rights in my country. Because of that, I'm proud that the military charges me with high treason that carry death sentences. Four of my colleagues who are not, who have been very unlucky, were arrested and executed and be killed. And they are committing international crime in front of international community in my country, Myanmar. And this crime against humanity we are talking about is totally unacceptable. And I mean, this has been there for our people, my people, 75 years. For Rohingya brothers and sisters, 50 years. How many more decades these military generals in Burma will be allowed to enjoy with complete impunity. Because of that, just because of I stand up for democracy, they are targeting not only me, but my family. My mother was sick with cancer, stage four, and she was chased by the military. And they say, if you live in this village, you'll be killed. And it was totally unspeakable pain and suffering that they have caused to my family. And now, again, not only to my family, now we are talking about more than 3,000 innocent being killed in the last 24 months. More than 20,000 innocent people are being arrested. More than 35,000 churches, schools, hospitals, villagers' houses, are being burned because they talk about freedom and they talk about human rights. So justice is absolutely matters to us. And this is the international community that can bring justice to my people. 
they must cut off all the finest, mm. all the weapons that are supplied to the military now. They will end, at least stop this first crime against humanity. Chris, in the one minute that we have and left, we why have has the world people. not taken more action when we hear stories such as Dr. Sasser's? A combination of politics and racism we've seen with Ukrainians, they're Europeans, they're white, they're Christian, they're not brown, they're not Muslims, they come from a, a, a long way away. So I think, first of all, we have to deal with some hang-ups over um, the whole question of um, Myanmar. And secondly, um, the politics. Um, you know, if it were further up the agenda, if countries like Britain, the pen holder um, in the Security Council, could actually um, motivate and mobilise some political support in the international community, there is support there. It just needs to be mobilised. So, yes, racism and politics. If we can deal with those two things, the people of Myanmar would have had justice a long time ago. OK, well, let's hope they will still see it with the processes that are in place today. Thank you very much to all our guests for joining us, Christopher Gunnis, Toby Cadman and Dr Sasser. This episode was produced by Mohamed El Aichi, Nihad El Abedi, Fungi Nguyen and Abla Klar. Studio sound was by Aston Goodison. The programme was edited by George Floricapis, Lynn Nguyen and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening and tune in on Wednesday for our next episode.